Devon. Baby's car care, they offer hand car wash, vacuum, and clean interior. Coming soon, they will have a full detail available also. While you wait on your vehicle, customer seating is available as well as the dining area. They open Tuesday through Saturday from 9 a.m. 9 a.m. to 5 a.m. So make sure you stop by. This episode is also sponsored by Big Ben Desserts in Spartanburg, South Carolina. So thank you guys for sponsoring this episode. Today, once again, we are, this is the Cross the Line Podcast Self-Investment Tool. We are on the road in Jacksonville, Florida. We have two serial entrepreneurs with us today. We have Ms. Jasmine Brown and Ms. Kimberly Clarity Walker. How are you ladies? Well. Doing well, thank you. We appreciate you for taking the time to sit with us. Um, I think I told you when I in the email I said that um, I saw an article online on I find a lot of my stuff on black biz, blackbusiness.com, and I seen the article where it said you ladies um, pu- um, had purchased a BP gas station. So I clicked on the article, and um, it was it was great. So I was like I wanted to reach out to you guys, you ladies, and. And thankfully, you you responded to the email, so we're happy to be with you today. Yes. And I have a I have a lot of questions um about um, everything that you ladies are doing. It's a major accomplishment, something I love to see. But starting out, can you tell tell everybody how did you ladies actually meet? Um, actually, the way in which we met, my mentor uh, Ron, um, also known as Ron the Don, Kim and him, they grew up together. Okay. So, um, she was speaking with Ron, um, I think it was back in like, uh, end of April, beginning of May, um, in regards to her business portfolio. So he gave me a phone call and was like, Hey, I got a client for you. And, um, when he first called me, I was like, Hey, you know, I don't have no extra time. I can't take on no new clients. And, um, the ironic part was the first time we met, he didn't let me know that she was going to be at the restaurant. Mm -hmm. I was just up there and then he was like, Hey, I need you to go over there to that booth. Um, I'm like, what? So, um, we met, um, through Ron and basically she was looking to get her business portfolio, um, put together. Uh, after I completed the business portfolio, it was some new businesses that she wanted, um, to put together at that time. One was a hookah lounge and a restaurant. But uh, due to the pandemic, it was just bad timing. So you ladies, um, so basically you were kind of like a uh, business business consultant for her. Okay. So now you have the the opulence firm, correct? Can you talk a little bit more about that? We're going to get to the gas station, the BP gas station. I want to know um, about your separate businesses also. Um, So talk a little bit about your um, opulence firm, Ms. Jasmine. Okay. So the opulence firm is a music entertainment PR firm. Um, we specialize in tours, marketing, as well as branding. Some of the clients in which we've worked with is K. Michelle. We've also mm-hmm. worked with Country Wayne, um, Kiwi, Casey and JoJo, Ja Rule, DMX. So um, we, we have like a wide variety of clients in which we've had the opportunity to work with as well as represent. Now, and how did you actually get into the marketing and entrepreneurship? Um, I actually, I started in public relations back in 2007. Okay. Um, I was actually in college and I had the opportunity to do an internship with Sony. And when I came back to Jacksonville, um, I was trying to get um, a public relations job. And I just couldn't seem to, so I started my own firm. When I started my own firm, I was basically working with a lot of indie artists, up and coming artists. And I want to say about 2016, um, one of my clients, Duquan, he went on tour with uh, DMX, uh, I think it was Yin Yang Twins and a lot of others. 
and I was live on Facebook and I posted a photo of myself backstage and I got a phone, I got a message on Facebook and it was like, hey, um, how did you get backstage at my show? And I was like, well, my client was a part of the tour and um, I ended up exchanging numbers. Uh, it was a well-known promoter and manager um, that was well-recognized in the industry. And he called me and was like, hey, I'm currently working with um, internet sensation Country Wayne. Um, by any chance, do you want to be a publicist for him? Do you want to work with him? And I was like, okay. So um, me and that individual, we um, became like a dynamic duo. And because he was well-recognized in the industry as a manager and as well as a promoter, if he came across a client that didn't have a publicist, he would send them to me. And if I had a client that didn't have a manager, I would send them back over to him. So since that time, it kind of was like word of mouth and everything just continued to, to pick up. Man, that's awesome. Now, now Ms. Walker, yes, um, you have Walker Enterprises. Can you talk a little bit about your business as well? Okay, well, I started out with um, Walker's Property Investment, which um, we buy houses, flip houses, rent houses, lease houses out. Um, we also have Walker's Food Mart, which is a corner store. And we also have the BP gas station. Mm -hmm. And um, we also have Join Southern, um, Southern Family Kitchen, which is a food truck. Um, I also own two boarding houses along with two um, home care, adult homes, and also a and and lawn and pressure washing services. So, so you, you seem like you ladies have a, a very busy schedule all the time. Yes. How, how did you actually get into, like, for each of you, I'll leave both of you guys, how did you ladies get into entrepreneurship? Like, what was it before they got you into it? Well, when I was younger, my mom, you know, I watched my mom struggle. Um, and she's, as they would call her, the candy lady. Um, so I began to assist her then. And I knew then, um, at a young age, um, I learned a lot of the skills that I have now to become the woman I am. Um, and I, so I decided that um, once I got a chance that I was going to begin to um, be my own boss, pretty much. Um, so that I can leave a legacy back here for my children, grandchildren, and future great-grandkids. Um, for me, my first business was back in 2009. I lost my aunt to cancer. So um, in her memory, I started a nonprofit organization. And I, after that, um, I have a little bit over 14 years worth, worth of healthcare experience. And I also worked um, in the for-profit education industry. So I always had a dream of opening my own school. So my next business venture was First Coast Advanced Healthcare Training. And um, I mean, from then on, um, I've always had my PR firm and we just always expanded. So for me, it just, it somewhat came natural, um, but no one in my family, I really didn't have any guidance because no one in my family had businesses. Right, and I know, Ms. Walker, you said that you saw how your mom struggled. Yes. And I was gonna ask, did, did you have anybody else in your family that was kind of was like an entrepreneur or did you see it? No, um, I'm pretty much the very first one in my family. I was determined to break the generational curse, um, letting us know, let my family know that um, you can be whatever you want to be um, as long as you put your mind to it. I went through a lot of trials and different tribulations to get to where I'm at today, but I thank God that I have, I've had the opportunity. Now, are you ladies, uh, both of you from this area, Jacksonville? No, I'm a Columbia County resident, Lake City, Florida. 
Okay, okay. Yes. Uh, let's get to the gas station a little bit. This was great. So, how did you ladies actually, what was, how did you actually come up with the idea to purchase a gas station? Was it something like, where did this idea come from? Well, um, basically, it goes back to her wanting her, uh, she wanted a restaurant and a hookah lounge. And we went, uh, we went and we looked at all of these venues. And then um, after evaluating the market, um, I was telling her, look, it's a possibility that Jacksonville may be getting shut down. It's not the best timing during COVID in order to open a hookah lounge or a restaurant. So um, the next thing that I came across that was at a fair price was the gas station. So uh, at first, it was one of those things where I'm like, okay, I don't know if I want to present it to her. Do I present it to her? Because um, the next thing that was on the list was a liquor store. That was the next business. So um, when I presented it to her, she was like, okay, great. And um, the next step was just uh, more so just looking at everything in black and white, making sure it was going to be worth the investment mm -hmm. and seeing what additional steps needed to take place in order to um, actually go through with the process. So what made you want to actually jump in on this business venture with her? Well, in the beginning, we had a lot of um, objections that we had to overcome. So um, she actually presented it to me. And at first, I was hesitant about it. Um, my mentor, Ron, uh, me and him sat down and we evaluated it. And he was like, hey, I think it's, it's, it's a good, good thing for you to do. And he was like, I've been knowing her my whole life. She's good people. You're not going to have any problems or anything uh, doing business with her. So um, it was just more so of us um, agreeing on the terms of everything. And when you look for a business venture, I'll I, I let both of you speak on this. What, what do you know is, how do you know it's something that you think is a good uh, opportunity to invest in? Well, we, we're going to analyze the whole situation. Um, we, we've, we've sat in, out in the office countless hours um, going over different um, scenarios of the business before we decide we want to jump in. That's something that we want to go into. We make sure we check the um, um what would I call it? The um, what's going on in, in the world today? You mm -hmm. know what we think could be best. And I guess it makes it a little bit easier because, like you said, with the hookah lines, you know, with COVID, yes. it was gonna be hard mm -hmm. to sustain that. But of course, with a gas station, you know, people travel, so they're gonna have to stop and get gas. I guess so. That kind of mm -hmm. makes it a lot easier for you. Yes. So. Oh, oh, Oh no! I, um, doing you know hurricanes and um, tropical storms, you very rarely see a gas station closed down. So right. I knew that it would thrive, um, thrive in um, a pandemic. Mm -hmm. And also, uh, what is the biggest thing? Um, speaking on this pandemic, what was, would you say to the ladies for you ladies was the biggest thing that you learned throughout this pandemic? I think um, for both of us. The biggest thing that we learned is, um, one, when you're creating and you're looking to invest, make sure that that business is built to withstand anything. Mm -hmm. So um, one of the key things that um, I'm big on is with me having a lot of years of experience in healthcare, I know healthcare isn't going anywhere. Right. Um, when I graduated out of high school, um, I told my mom, I was like, either it's the healthcare industry or it's law. So um, I completed two and a half years of law school, and then my grandfather passed, and uh, it was one of those things where financially I couldn't pay my way, so I had to basically resort back to the healthcare industry. 
So those are two of the main things in which I look at. And when we came together, it was um, one of the same things. It was like, okay, um, what's our next plan? What's our new business venture? So our newest business venture is the healthcare industry. And um, our whole goal is basically to corner the market, uh, starting with non-emergency transportation, then opening several uh, group homes for mentally challenged, mentally disabled, and getting into transitional housing as well as adult daycare centers. How long do you uh, you work on a project before uh, one business venture before you um, move on to the to the next venture that you um, have? Because I think I seen this article uh, over the summertime, I believe, um, sometimes during the summer, and you are still constantly expanding, which is a great thing. How long do you work on a project before it's like okay, I have it established, and then it's time to you know do another business venture? It all depends, um, and the reason in which I say it all depends is because. Um, me and Kim, we tag team. We um, work based upon each other's strengths and weaknesses. So um, for the most part, I may do like the research and everything, and then she'll make some phone calls, and then we tie everything in together. And whatever we don't do, we outsource it. Mm-hmm. So um, with us being able to outsource a lot, we're able to get things up and running anywhere um, between 90 days. I think the gas station, we closed the deal with the gas station in less than 60 days. And then between adventures, I think we've probably opened two in one month. Yeah, we've opened two in one month throughout the entire pandemic. It's been a total of seven business ventures that we've opened. Yes, we started. created Boss Ladies on the Move, and that is still oversee all, all, the, all the other companies. How, how long, because this, this is, it's amazing because you, you ladies are like opening them up so quickly, and it, and it seems easy, but I know it's like a long process. It is. But, how how um how is this process though? Because we you know a lot of people we have these ideas and it's a, it's hard. We don't know which way to turn. Like kind of like what is like your process of like opening up these ventures? Like what kind of advice would you have for other people that want to dive into entrepreneurship? One, um, the first thing is it takes a lot of studying. You you have to actually study. After you study um, the actual market and the industry, take the time to do a SWOT analysis. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, and it's very important because then you're going to see everything in black and white. Uh, If these businesses within your local area, if they're actually making money, if they're losing, um, that's the main thing. That's one of the main things in which we look at um, before we even just dive in, do an LLC, get an EIN number. We do SWOT analysis. Um, We build relationships with people that are already in the market and um, basically let them know, hey, this is where we at. Uh, this is what we're looking to do. Uh, how has it been for you over these past years? And we try to find people that have been in the industry for like 20, 20 years. years more because so, they, cause they, it, their opinion really matters, their advice really matters because you want to know what you're getting into before you get into it. Mm-hmm. Who, who do you ladies, would you say you consult with? I know you're a business consultant. I know you have your mentor, but do you, do you talk to these ventures with like, close friends or, or family members or do you just do it like with business savvy people who have these um, ideas who already have these kind of business established because a lot of times of course like people who who don't have a business vision that they never has this experience they can't see what you see but so who do you talk to when you have these kind of ideas I think in the beginning we used to try to um, we used to try to reach out to people and they weren't seeing our vision they um, like 
for instance, boss ladies on the move, um, we were brainstorming with someone who we were looking to do business with. And it was like, oh, well, I don't see it this way. And she cut her at me. I cut up my her and was like, nope, can't do business with them. Mm-hmm. And um, I think from that point on, it's, it's basically a phone call between me and her. And, and it's more so, okay, let's do some research. Yes. Let, mm-hmm. Let's find some people. Yes. And then on top of that, you know, we have family. Uh, well, I have, uh, I have six children. Mm-hmm. Um, so they pull in and help out a lot. And I also consult with um, a guy by the name of Sylvester Warren. He's from Lake City, Florida. So when I run up against something that I'm not quite sure on, I need a further assistance on, I call him up. Um, I call Ron and Don. different people that we do call and look to that give us this advice. With all these ventures, is it hard to, you know, be so hands-on with everything because you, you have so many things going on? How, how do you delegate those those, um, those other tasks to other people? Is it hard to manage everything? Well, um, the way in which we delegate it, if it's healthcare related, I take care of it. Care of it. Uh, everything that has to do with housing, real estate, that's her niche. Mm-hmm. And she oversees it. So it's basically broken down into two. And um, then after we break it down into those two categories, um, I think we've made wise decisions about the people that we put in uh, several different roles. So um, as far as the hands-on part, we're more so, I think they may see us like once a week, if that. Um, But other than that, we're on conference calls, we're in business meetings, we're in the office. In the gas station, uh, something I read online was uh, was saying that you ladies, it was important for you. It's it bigger than you ladies, kind of paraphrasing, because you wanted to to create um, opportunities for those the people with failings. Can you, why was that so important for you? I, I mean, I love that idea. It's great. But well, I will let you ladies speak on like why was it so important to create those other opportunities. So the Second Chance Felony Program, um, that was basically um, me trying to incorporate um, another business venture that uh, Kim had in mind, but um, it's going to take a while in order for us to start it, which it was um, a program, a transitional house for um, inmates when they're um, getting released from prison. So the idea was, okay, let's present a second chance felony program because typically once you become a convicted felon, society looks at it as a scarlet letter. They don't try to give you a second chance. So um, our whole thing was, hey, let's be an example and uh, show all these other businesses that, hey, it's nothing wrong with giving people a second chance. Yes, because Mm -hmm. I am a product of that environment. Oh, about the corporation. I'm sorry. And it was just saying something about you want to change the dynamic of like how corporations view people uh, with those opportunities. How how would you look at that? The, the, The dynamic of like how corporations view people like, because I feel like a lot of times they take of course, like you said, with African Americans, we are. If you have like anything on your record, it's already an issue. Plus, like I feel like a lot of times these corporations take us for granted anyway. It's just like we're just a number to them anyway. So, how why was it so important also to you know kind of like change that? How do you view the dynamic of like major corporations and to like African Americans? Okay. <laughs> well, with me, um, as I stated before, I am a product of that environment. I ran, I ran up against a lot of roadblocks trying to get ahead. Um, so it was very important to me to change that. Um, and one of the things was to become an entrepreneur. 
um, to be able so that I can open opportunities for others such as such as I. So um, as I like to say, I like to change the narrative. Um, and I like to um, say that I try to buy the block back because they limit us to so so little. Um, right. They, um, I, I feel that we we are underviewed, um, and as an African American, um, we are some very intelligent um, individuals. Um, and they say the sky is the limit, but I tell people the sky isn't the limit. Um, the sky doesn't have a limit. So don't allow anyone to limit you or your success or where you're trying to go at. Absolutely. Just speaking of this, like when you when you have a job, um, we say this all the time. There's nothing wrong with having a job, mm -hmm. but it's like it's only so far you can go. Yes. I feel like for African Americans, anyway, it's like they'll let us move up the ladder to a certain to point, certain point yeah. and then that says like, okay, you're doing too good. You got enough, mm -hmm. and we'll keep you there. And it's just like I don't I don't like feeling like that like no. I'm chained like I can only go so so far it's like as, as an entrepreneur when you go the entrepreneur route no extreme, you know no. like and and I love to say that for us it's like we like the best thing I like about it is like I don't know like what I can and can't do it's like I feel like I can us I feel like I can do anything and it's just like you never know who you're gonna connect with you yes. reach out to people mm -hmm. um. Just the experience that you have, the when you connect with these people, like we were saying, um, we this is my actually my first time getting on a flight. It's my first time flying. Oh on a wow! Yes, but that was amazing. Yeah, and and I was just scared because I was just like, you know what? I don't know. I just like it's too, in my mind, like man, it's only I was thinking planes go up and they come yeah. down. But I was like, you know what? I'm but that's the problem with um a lot of us African Americans. We allow fear to get in. Mm -hmm. Um. Sometimes my husband he say, you know, babe, he say, boy, you don't have no fear. It's not that I don't have fear. Um, what I do fear is the unknown. But um, I don't think there's nothing that I can't do. When you tell me what I can't do, I'm destined to show you what I can do. Mm -hmm. Um, and if I if I come against any hurdles and on my journey, I don't mind reaching out to ask someone for advice or whatever, but we got to stop thinking. We got to start thinking outside the box. Wow. Um, um, let's go back to the sky's limit. No, it's not. Don't never let anyone limit you on what you can and can't do. You just continue to do, and it, if it's meant to be, it's all going to work out. Mm -hmm. And I honestly did that to myself um, too. Just like, you know what? When we started out, we were just doing like local interviews, and a lot of times, like when I would read articles, I would see where people would be located, and I'm like, oh, they too far away. Let me just stick to somebody like close by, somebody that's at least close, where we can drive maybe a couple hours away. And I was like, you know what? If we really gonna do this, because I, I did a lot of broadcasting in college. Now, like, you know what? If I want to do this, man, I need to go all in and just. So we came up with the idea, we put together a tour going to different places and um we ladies reached out and said, Y'all were in Jacksonville, I was like, you know what, let's let's go. So uh I was thinking we were gonna drive here. You know, <laughs> you he like, for what? Yeah, why? he was like, man, he's That's like, but this is gonna be too far. So he like so we started looking up packages and then our packages said we were on, we would just fly out from Charlotte. So I was like, all right. We flying now. Let's, <laughs> let's go. But man, it, it's it's really been one of the best feelings though. And I'm like, man, had I not um, just you know taking that chance, you know, just invest because we call it a self investment tour. 
had we not even taken that chance, we wouldn't even be sitting here right now, like being able to do this interview. So that's one of my favorite things about entrepreneurship. It's just like you said, it's just limitless. You can do you do anything. They called me the risk taker. Risk taker. Yes, I would risk. I would take some risk. But that's what it's all about, though. I, I think when you with a job, like you said, people just stay there because they feel like it's safe. And I've had. Um, and I had people tell me so many times, like, man, uh, it's like, you, you work, this is when I, before I graduated from college, people would say, you know, you work for a great job with benefits, just, you can just stay here and just retire. But it's just like, and I, but I just look at what it does to the other people, older people that I work with, and they say how they hurt all the time, and they got to have surgery, and I'm like, you know, I don't want to work here 30 years, 30, 40 plus years just to retire. And then when I'm when I leave, I'm just hurt all the time. Yes, um, I have a six a six year old. She'll be seven um, next week. Um, when I had her, I was a supervisor at a um, plasma center, and I worked tirelessly hours. So my baby was calling her oldest sister mommy because mommy mm. was out, you know, being I mean putting in hours and wasn't really getting anywhere. Um, and I think that's when I began to really make my mind up. Um, to begin to, because if I'm putting all this time in on someone else, y'all, I could put that same energy into becoming my own entrepreneur. And I knew that I had what it took to get me where I needed to go. I just had to have faith and step out of the box. Um, and that's what we did. Um, me and my husband, we just started brainstorming, looking into different options. Um, and then that's when we came up with Walker's Property Investment, which, by the way, is doing very well. And, and I know you said with your daughter. How, how did that make you feel when, when she would have to call her sister, mom? How, it made me feel some type of way because that let me know that I wasn't given the proper time that I needed to. But because I was working, trying to provide and make sure the household was being taken care of, um, I knew that I had to do what I had to do. But also, I was not putting in enough time with my children um, like I should have. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's just like you're sorry to cut you off. It's just like you, you're on somebody else's schedule. Yes. They tell you when you got to be there, yes. how many hours yep. you have to yes. put in, and racing to get to work um, on time, uh, baby up all night, streaming with sick, going into work. But you know, don't don't think that being an entrepreneur is easy too, because it's room is it's very challenging because um, you own that, so you got to. Get up and, and make things happen. You right. can't. Yeah, I mean, you gotta have that willpower to get up every day and, and still work like you working for someone else because you got to motivate, be motivated in order to succeed. Mm -hmm. Because, like I said, it was, it's nobody telling you when you gotta no. be there, when no. you get off, none no. of that stuff. It's like so everything. You have a lot of self control. Absolutely. Being an entrepreneur is not for the lazy. No, no it's not definitely at all. not for the lazy. I mean, sometimes I come in the house. And they be looking at me like, golly, mama. Because I done been working from sun up to sundown. And, you know, I put those hours that I was putting in on someone else, y'all. I still have to put those in on mine, uh, you know, being an entrepreneur. And the children, they look at me and they be like, golly, mama, you, you, you look tired. And I be like, listen, it's not all. I make it look good. I make it look easy. But it's some work, time, dedication that I put in. It is. Yes. And you be, a, you be away from your family. Yes. Mm -hmm. I know um, being on tour, I think I was away from my family for a little bit over six months. Wow. And I was just I was just I was just going from tour bus to flight, from flight to tour bus, hotel, hotel, Airbnb. 
So it, it's a lot of sacrifices. Yeah. And we I are. be an entrepreneur and I, I, what they say, a soccer mom. I got a son, he played football and he keeps me, he gonna call, mama, you, you coming to the game, son? I won't miss it, I'm, I'm, I'm there, you know? So it's like, I have the multitask, I have a lot, then I have mm-hmm. grandkids, so it's like, I'm constantly busy, busy, busy. And it's like those moments, you don't, you don't get them oh, back. No, you yeah. don't get them back, that's why I treasure those moments. Absolutely. What would you say, ladies say, is like some characteristics of an entrepreneur? Dedication, uh, strong willpower. Yes. Uh, you gotta be relentless. Uh, you gotta be a go getter. Yes. Um, a risk taker. Yeah, I gotta be a risk taker. How do you handle, um, like I said, okay, you, you win and, and you lose, which is kind of like a lesson. So, how, how do you handle that when something doesn't work out the way you, you thought it would? I mean, at the end of the day, I, I know um, prior to me and Kim meeting, I had, I took a $100,000 loss. And the only thing mm. I could do was, you know, get over it. It ain't, it's not an easy loss, you know, mm. but you have to accept it. And I remember um, I took the loss and I went to Palm Coast. I, just, I had to get out of Jacksonville and I went into a deep depression. And my brother called me. My brother called me, and he was like, "Hey, you gotta, you gotta do something. You gotta, you gotta get back. You gotta bounce back." He was like, "I know you about to hate what I'm about to tell you, but he was like, you gotta eat that loss." He said, "You gotta let it go." Mm-hmm. So um, I was like, "Man, you crazy." So I was like, "Nah." I was like, "I'm gonna be fine. I'm just work. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make it back." He said, "It's not gonna happen." He said, "The quicker you accept the fact that you took." a hundred thousand dollar loss he said then you can recoup so um finally about a year and a half ago i accepted that loss um and i always get asked like hey if you could change anything in life you know would you change that no i wouldn't because um me being the individual in which i i am uh at a young age i never i never established credit it wasn't until i took that loss that i learned how to establish credit Mm-hmm. Um, I learned about the importance of credit and not only that for me it was a very humbling experience because sometimes when you're around celebrities and um, people that are on a certain level you know sometimes you get big headed mm-hmm. so um, for me it was that was just my time for me to say okay God I, I, I see you I hear you so um, for me it's just it's a life lesson mm-hmm. you, you write it off you mm, Wipe yourself off, you get back up, and you know what? Now when it comes to me investing, I evaluate things way much more. Uh, instead of just saying, hey, that's a loyal person. I can trust them, and I can put my money over here. No. Mm. Yes. I, I, through my entrepreneurship, I, I took some major losses. But um, I look at it like this. Those losses that I took... Um, I've got double for my trouble. I am a child of God. So um, my thing is, what you thought that you took from me, he just blessed me with double. Mm-hmm. I, I can imagine. Like, I just think when you said 100000 I mean, I would have been sick right now. Just, But like I said, it, it still works out for the better. But and like I said, it made you more like cautious of like who to trust in business and yeah, where, it, where it, you put your money. A little more cautiously. Um, and you can't, well, the people that you think wouldn't do it be the ones that wind yeah. up. Doing it. So with me, I'm 
I'm a little bit more cautious in that area. Um, and I, I'm just now learning how to um, move with a business partner. Mm -hmm. Other than that, yeah, I just took, I just did it on my own. What would you say for you ladies was like the toughest um, business decision, decision that you had to make? Toughest business decision I've had to make? I think for me, um, it's cutting people off. Because um, most people will say, hey, I took a $100,000 loss, I ain't dealing with that person. Believe it or not, um, it's hard for me to cut people off. Um, I just got to the point where now um, I've realized that everyone isn't meant to be in your life um, forever. You know, everyone has their season. So um, when that season is over, um, my hardest thing was I would hold on to dead weight and they would end up dragging me down with them. Oh, Mine is, um, I'm a compassionate person, believe it or not. And uh, when I have to terminate someone, that bothers me a little. But I also have to realize that it's, it's business, it's nothing personal. Mm -hmm. how, do, how does family look at you ladies um, with everything you go on? Do they, do they, sometimes, you know, you see with professional athletes and everything, like family, when, you, when they, somebody in the family makes it big, I think they think everybody has to take care of them. And then eventually athletes, when they hang it up for good, then they go broke. But how do how do how does family look for you guys? Do they do they gravitate towards you, or do they just seek business advice? How do they look for you guys with all the success that you have? I'm a loner, um, mm -hmm. honestly. Um, but whenever people see me, y'all always see my mom. I, I don't think there's anyone that knows me that can honestly say, "Hey, I, I've never seen." my mom um that's like my best friend but you know we have our ups and downs as well um but outside of my mom um it's probably my mom my brother my my grandmother and my grandfather when he was alive uh, when i would tour i would just take them with me wow. like um my brother when i went on tour we did um k michelle and rick ross tour i had him and my mom backstage my uh, grandfather, prior to him passing, um, he liked Snoop Dogg. So being able to uh, take him backstage, and he didn't know it was Snoop Dogg. He would say Snoopy Doggy Doggy Dog. So <laughs> when he fi finally having him to be able to meet people like that, um, I mean, overall, it's a good feeling. But um, outside of my immediate family, um, I'm, a, I'm a loner. Well, my family, I don't, I don't have a whole lot of family. But um, the ones that I do have, which is my sister, um, I have a brother that's living and I have a sister that's living. And um, they help me out the best they can. Um, my thing is, um, if they don't have any money, you know, I show, I, hey, I show you the way, here it is right, right here. You know, so I don't mind employing them, to, you know, and they jump in and help me try to, you know, they are who help me to try to keep the businesses afloat. Um, and then I have, like I said, I have five grown, um, four grown adults, children. So they come in and they help me a lot. Um, a lot of them, they look at me, um, I aspire a lot. Um, and I try to, you know, let them know, you know, to be an entrepreneur, you know, to try to reel them in to see that you can be. And um, they help me out a lot. And I was going to ask you about the children. Um, do you, is that something you really want them to do? Or, or do you just leave it up to them whether they want to work for somebody or... Well, I leave, well, I leave it up to them. Um, let them make their own choices. But um, I try to lead by example. Um, I like I like to let them see the ins, the outs, the pros, and the cons of being an entrepreneur. Um, and I 
as a mother, but mother wouldn't have wanted them to leave more on to being their own boss, um, mm -hmm. being their own, you know, owning their own um, things. And that's what, another reason why I'm setting up, um, setting things up to put them in position. Um, so everything that we have acquired, it passes down to them. How important is that? Um, because oh, that's very because when we, we talk about it from this from a standpoint of growing up, for me personally, like I always saw my parents just getting up and going to work for somebody else. Yeah. And like, it's like when you grow up that way, that's all that you see. So then it's like, maybe that's all that's gonna happen for you. And it wasn't until like graduating from college and I had all this debt and working two jobs and just over and over repeating the same thing that I was like, you know, I wanna try something differently. You know, um, like I said, I, I was doing the broadcasting and I just thought I would work at ESPN or Fox after I graduated, but that, never, that opportunity didn't come, so I had to, uh, I never got a different jobs, and I worked at a radio station for a little while, but then once my $500 bill of student loan came in, I had to leave because I wasn't making enough. But I still took the experience that I had there and um, translated to, it, it taught me how to like run a radio show or edit audio and different things like that, but I kind of, I was like, you know, I want to break the cycle of just, you know, seeing my family do that. I want to do the same thing so my children they can see like it's okay to have your own opportunities. How important is it to like be around entrepreneurs? Well, with with me, I was determined to break that cycle. Um, I tell like I tell my kids, I don't do this more so for me, but more so for them and my grandkids and my future grandkids. Um, I had one time we kind of. I needed, I called out for help and needed them to help me do something and they I, like they didn't want to do it and I'm like, so I had to call a meeting because I don't mind calling family mm -hmm. meetings. I had to sit them down, listen, I'm getting older. I can't take any of what, um, um, any of these possessions with me. This is for y'all. You know, so I had to break it down to them, you know, um, if I ask you for help, help. You know, because I'm, I'm not that type of person too much ask for help. Mm -hmm. um, and, and and the thing is, just like I told him, I say, it's more so for y'all than for me. What I'm doing, I'm setting up for y'all to be able to prosper in life. Um, like they say, you people born into money, I would like for my, grand, my future grandkids and my grandkids to be born into mm -hmm. that. So it's very important for me to yeah. leave a legacy. And generational wealth, because generational uh, wealth. I think I shared the story one time before on the podcast, and uh, the guy that was making our t-shirts for our business, he was telling me about one of the guys that was working for him, um, he was just like, uh, yeah, I had let him go, he was just missing so much time, but he was just telling me how, um, like over time, like, he, like when something happened to the guy's grandparents, like the grandparents had like three forms, and they gave each one of the grandchildren a form. Mm -hmm. And it's like a lot of times in our community, we don't have pass anything down. It's just like a lot of debt, yeah. and a lot of times our families are stuck with debt. So it's like that generational wealth is is so important. And that's something that I'm currently studying. Um, we're looking into more um, generational wealth. Like I'm learning about the million dollar policy, insurance policies, and things like that to um to expose our um, children to in order to begin to get that generational wealth created. What do you ladies feel like is the biggest um, hurdle for like our um, black community overall? I know we just, like uh, definitely generational wealth, but what else would you ladies think would be like an issue? With our I would community? say um, honestly the the lack of education when it comes to credit. But um, because one of the main things when I uh, first started my school, First Coast Advanced Career Training, um, a lot of 
a lot of people don't realize that when you go to these career college and these technical colleges, um, basically they prey on individuals that are unemployed or underemployed. So um, actually working in that industry and seeing that, my overall goal was to be able to assist and provide affordable training so that individuals didn't get in debt. Mm-hmm. So um, that was one of the main things in which um, we did because you can go to some colleges, you can take a CNA or a PCT course, and it's going to take you cost you twenty five to thirty thousand dollars. Then you might go to a community college, and it might take cost you ten thousand dollars. But then you also have other independent standalone schools where you can go get your CNA or your PCT for less than five hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. So it's just actually sitting down, showing individuals. One, the importance of education, but also knowing that, hey, you can get an affordable education and not get into debt and mess up your credit. Right. It's a lot of debt because, like, like I said, in school, they didn't really they didn't really teach us, like, the finances and stuff like that. It's, it's a lot of, like, life lessons that we didn't learn. And it's just like, I wish a lot of stuff that I know now, I wish I would have known back then. <laughs> yes. But it's like, man, I, I don't know. For me, I, I don't like really saying, but it's like, if my kids don't want to go to college I'm not going to force them to do it I'm like you know what and then honestly sometimes I think if I had to co-sign what I feel what I'd be wrong for not co-signing because it's just like it's not me not wanting them to go get their education it's just like I don't want them to have to go through what I went through with with everything that was going on because it's it's so much debt and you don't have to go to college to be successful I I, I have some college but I've acquired all of this without a Mm -hmm. college degree and for me, I, I for me, I would I would think it's a great like for somebody that wanted to start a business. Um, I think one of the better things they could do is like, if they're not sure what they want to do yet. Um, I know you ladies are busy, but just overall with any entrepreneur, successful entrepreneur is just like go to them. Hey, would you mentor me and stuff? Mm-hmm. Because they can teach you the ins and outs of like what it is to run a day by day operation. Do you know how many walls I ran in trying to do? It by myself until I made that conscious decision um, to invest in myself and reach out um, to a business consultant. That's when things really began to um, open up. How important is that to like have a mentor in, in your life? Because a lot of times, a lot of times, sometimes we do have pride and we don't want to ask for things or we just don't know. But how important was was um, having a mentor for both you ladies in your careers? I mean, with um, with my mentor, um, one thing I can honestly say with Ron, he pushed me beyond my comfort level. Uh, he would literally call me 2 o'clock in the morning and be like, hey, I need a flyer design. I'm not a graphic designer. I don't know how to do that. Figure it out. He was like, I need it by tomorrow, 12 o'clock noon. I know you can do it. I'm like, what? You're crazy. So then I'll get on YouTube University. Google it. Everything. Go in Photoshop. Okay, let's figure this out. Then I send it over to him. Then he'll come back at me. Hey, I had an idea. Let's release a magazine. I'm like, by when? Next week. Huh? So he always challenged me. Mm -hmm. Um, Whenever I just felt like, hey, I only do public relations. Hey, I only do business consulting. He would say, okay, I know what you're capable of doing. So let's explore this so with ron if it wasn't for him i pro- i probably would have just stuck to only offering business consulting 
and also public relations and I would have stuck with um, music entertainment because for a little bit over 10 years everyone just knew me as far as music entertainment um, because of him I was able to actually um, go outside of music entertainment uh, explore NFL players as well as um, basketball players uh, and become a sports publicist as well so um, having a mentor was very important for me because he had a vision outside my vision that I didn't even see. As for me, um, I don't have a mentor. Um, I did a lot of self-reliance. But um, I am looking into getting a mentor um, because I'm at that stage where well, I've been needed one, but I just hadn't had the time to sit down to get it. To get a mentor, so. Do you do you ladies feel like because of all the success that you've had, um, that you've seen people try to gravitate more towards you because of your success instead of like you as a person, or or because like they may look at it like okay, she's doing so much, but she can she has something that she can offer instead of like uh, just being there for you and like being supportive. Instead, instead they just want to be there because of like all the success that you have. Yeah, I mean, you you run into the vultures. I mean, that that comes with anything. I mean, you can be a nobody and you're still going to have vultures. Um, but, I mean, that's where you have to protect your energy. Mm-hmm. And I think um, me, me and Kim, we're, uh, we're very big on protecting our energy. It's been several times when we've been in a room and we felt the energy shift and we'll just have to leave. Um, because at the end of the day, um, we only have ourselves and we have to protect our energy. I've had price go up on me just because of... Yeah, we experienced that a lot. I mean, I've, I've had to deal with mm-hmm. quite a bit of stuff, but I, I refuse to be defeated. When do you know when it's time to like just shut it down and just say no to something? Like whether it's like opportunity, people wanted something or anything. Like when do you know it's just time to say no, I, I just can't do it? I mean... Well, just, with me... Um, that inner man going to tell you what you need to know. Mm-hmm. You just got to listen to him. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I've stayed up all night trying to, you know, tussle with the idea and then I come to my decision. Um, because that energy is very important. Um, and you have to protect it because you already have um, a lot on your plate and your stress level is already, like, to the roof. Um, and... You know, with being a compassionate person, you want to help everybody, but you got to know who really need that help and who really just doing something. Um, and once you tell them no, you'll find out. Absolutely. What do you ladies think hinders a lot of um, black-owned business? You have a lot of experience. So what would you say hurts like a lot of black-owned business and why they don't last over time? Customer service. Uh, customer service is um, very important as well as consistency and uh, you have to treat everyone across the board the same because you never know who knows who Um, it's been times because one thing I don't do and my mentor uh, gets on me a lot I don't brand myself Uh, I hide behind my clients so a lot of times I'll walk in a store and I'm either shopping or I'm grabbing something on behalf of my client and I literally just have to get up and walk out because the customer service sucks so bad. Well, with me, I think customer service is very important. Um, 
everybody go through different things in their life. I tell uh, my employees as well, so as myself, we treat everybody the same. It don't matter their nationality, don't matter any of that. You know, um, if you're having a bad day, call and ask me, can you take the day off? Um, because you're having a bad day, we'll work on that. Day. But because I'd rather for you not to go in and um, cost me business right. because of your attitude. Um, mm-hmm. So I think customer service is very important. Absolutely. That's something definitely customer service because a lot of times you go to a lot of these places and you want to support them because it's a black owned mm-hmm. business, but then sometimes they just. Like, word of mouth is very important. Yeah, word of mouth is very important. It, it will make your business quite will break your mm-hmm. business. I just so seen, you have to be very careful. I, just, I saw something earlier, I think it was yesterday, um, back home. It was like somebody left a remark about a business, a black owned business. They said, you know, I wanted to support them, but. They were just rude and yeah. tell me anything. Just like but now, um, I kind of with with that situation. Um, how would I say it? Um, I think a lot of a lot of them don't give us a, a fair chance. I guess they mm-hmm. expect um, more from us, but they can go to Walmart, Wawa, and all of these different big um, chain and. They, they don't put them on blast as quick as they will. Yeah. Um, They'll run to social business. media. I mean, they run to social media. Like, the first, what, uh, first couple of weeks I into first the week. gas station. Um, oh, man, they sent me. Uh, I had to shed some tears because some accusations came up that I knew was false. First thing they did, ran to social media with it. And, you know, mm-hmm. once it get out there, it's like, wow. you know, It's people, hard to you be know, undone. Yes, and mm-hmm. it's like... And it's like, uh, what you had to do at Walmart, like you didn't even try to come back to let us um, fix the situation. Right. Um, and, and then when you found out the truth, you didn't even go back to social media yeah, to do a public apology. No. You know, you, so you just, you, you, just, you, bad, you, you just bashed that business. Um, and But you don't even have the guts to go back. Then you got all the bandwagons to get on there. Oh, you know, you know how it goes. And, you know, it, 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 but still, you have to remain professional, even though you know you know he was in the right. Right, and that's why I said a lot of times that does kill a lot of our yes. business. Like people, like I said, people don't care. Like if it's some drama or something, they won't. They just everybody want to pile yes. on. Exactly. And, Nobody yeah. takes the time to investigate to see if the information is mm-hmm. factual or and not. As an African American, we already have a lot against us. Um, we, you know, we have to endure a lot of things. Um, we run up against things. Um, if you were of a different race, it would be different. Um, so then to have your own, um, to come at you like that is like, wow. You know, you, you want everybody to make it, but some people just haven't made it there yet. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of times they don't, like, they don't expect much of us for, no. for some mm-hmm. reason. And then a lot of times they want uh, discounts and different things like yeah. that. It's like you you don't negotiate with other businesses. Yeah, you don't go on Walmart and say, "Hey, uh, I can get a discount, yeah. or I'm gonna pay you five dollars for that." No, mm-hmm. you don't. You don't go to Walmart and do that. So this definitely hurts a lot of our, our yes. businesses in our community. We have to like keep supporting each other. Which I like that they expect different things. Yeah, from the you. expectations. Uh-huh. And we definitely have to change their perception. Um, as, as, as black women, how do you, do you feel like it's hard, do you have a harder path as an entrepreneur, as black women? Oh, definitely. It's, it's, it's definitely harder. I mean, um, behind obtaining the franchise, um, 
it's a it's a lot that is untold because honestly um the process that we went through the whole time i had to say i'm negotiating this contract on behalf of my client because in the beginning phases we were faced with um oh is your client uh does your client have a visa does your client have a passport um is your client um from what was the question Uh, from uh is your client middle eastern so it was a lot of red flags and i'm like we ain't gonna be able to close this deal if they find out we African American. Mm-hmm. And then so. things like that, they get tight, they get different breaks mm-hmm. that we don't get, you know. And why? You know, this is our, you know, we are in America. So, me and Sam, we can't get those same breaks. Why do we have to go through something? And then being a woman, it's, it's you know, mm-hmm. so you just. That's why I said it's, it's kind of, it's definitely tough for you ladies because for one, they definitely don't look at African Americans like they look at anybody else anyway. And then women being a woman on top of that, it's just like, man, we have a, a harder harder fight for everything. Yes. We get we have to go through things with a fine tooth comb versus, you know, um, our kind of partner, which is of a different mm-hmm. race, just get the back stamp and keep moving, but we have to go through mm-hmm. And if you if you speak out and speak your mind, then it's like oh she's angry. Yeah, you're automatically labeled as an angry black woman. Mm-hmm. That's that's far from the case. It's just that my voice will be heard. Absolutely. I I don't want to get too much into politics, but I want to ask you ladies, how how what did having a, a Kamala Harris a, a future a black vice president do for you ladies? How did that make ladies make you feel? It made me feel like I can be the next right. vice president. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I'm not running for it. But anyway, <laughs> I mean, it made me feel I think after the last four years, I think anybody could. Yes. You know. And it just proved to me what I've been telling people for, for, for the longest that, um, you know, as African Americans, don't limit us. I mean, right. we are some top dogs. We can we can make some things happen. I just, just my philosophy. Um, I just, I just, I got a lot of faith in the um, African-American race that, um, you know, it's nothing we can't do. Nothing we can't do. I think it's a, for me, it was a a great symbol. I know everybody says she has a past, but all of them have a past. Everybody has a past, yeah. (laughs) But I I just look at it like a a symbol of hope, you know. Eventually, me personally, I think she's going to end up being the president, um, mm-hmm. for some reason, part of me feels like you know she kind of had to take the backseat of the VP because I don't think America's ready yeah, to see a black woman no. as a no. uh, president of the United States. But I, I definitely think it's going to be something. And the reason for that because they say that women are um, made up of emotions, mm-hmm. so they don't think that when um, a tough decision is being made that we'll make the right decision, but. I, I definitely disagree on that because, <laughs> because I feel to me I just feel like you know I just look at my mom and my aunts you know just women are just like natural and nurturers like for me black women just always even when we don't have we may not even have anything but they figure out a way to make everything work like I tell people um, and this just my political opinion um, I tell people I say you think ran the White House when Obama was in the in the seat. I say, Michelle did mm-hmm. that, you know, because us, we be behind every successful man, uh, 90, I'll say, I'm going to shoot 98% of it, be that 
black woman that's encouraging him, that's that mouthpiece, um, that that that's egging him on to mm -hmm. to help him right. in that position. So uh, that's just my political opinion mm -hmm. that Obama that Michelle did run into that. Yeah, she definitely played her part hundred <laughs> percent. And I just like another thing is like. And, and they didn't let Hillary do it. She was a white woman. From, you know, it, it wasn't. Yeah, yeah, they're not ready yet, but it, it get, yeah, get but ready. I, I think hopefully we we getting in that direction. We're gonna, we, we gonna take over some things. Yeah, absolutely. What, what would you ladies' message be to uh, other young black women of color who want to get into entrepreneurship? Um, I would say honestly, don't allow anyone to tell you you can't do anything, um, because you can do anything. One, if anyone tells you, hey, I'm not willing to help you, if you reach out to them and you know they have that business, they don't want to give you any information, Google, YouTube, do what you have to do. If they won't let you through the front door, kick in the back. And me, um, be your own motivator. You know, because you know, everybody's not going to support you. Everybody's not going to be there. Um, we've ran, ran against that, those type of things. But, um... I say be you, you motivate yourself, you know, um, do what motivates you. Just a few more questions and then we'll get ready to wrap it up. What did entrepreneurship make each of you realize about yourself that you may not have seen in the beginning? That I'm a born fighter. That um, I'm stronger than what I thought I was. Mm -hmm. um, and that I'm determined to succeed. I probably have to agree um, with her. Um, I never knew how strong I was until I became a business owner. Um, I never looked at myself as a leader um, either until um, I actually heard several people refer to me as that. And I'm like, uh, I looked at everything in which I accomplished. I'm like, hey, you know, little old me accomplished a lot. So um, being an entrepreneur definitely uh, showed me how strong I am and what I'm capable of doing. And me being a strong-willed person, really, um, I always knew that I was strong-willed, but the scene in action just blew up. It blows me sometimes. This is a journey. You just yeah. come, a, come a long way. I know. Sometimes I still go back and look at our videos, and um, I was Googling the other day because I was updating our EPKs, and I'm like, dog, this us. <laughs> yes. we, we made it on here. We, hey, that's me. So... But you you appreciate the journey. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was saying, who would have thought yeah. someone like such as Kimberly? But and I think it's just so important for people to when they look at you, ladies, and everything that you've accomplished. Like mm -hmm. it's women, and it's, of course, people just people of color in general. Like when we see you, ladies, um, just inspiring to us to know that we can do the same thing. Instead of you know you turn on the TV, we're just like athletes and entertainers. We're just entertaining other people, but we don't even those guys. They don't own anything, so any, any given time when they're ready to let these entertainers or, or athletes go, then it's a done deal. They don't own those teams or anything like that. So it's so important for us to uh, to create you know create our own opportunities and, and work with each other. And, and speaking of that, please please touch on how important it is for our community, like group economics and and working with each other. You know, a lot of times when money gets involved. That's one of the big issues with our communities. Like, well, this person making this much, they making this much. So, it's, that's one of the things that kind of like divides our community. Like, how important is it like for economics and like working together? 
I would say it's very important. I feel like everyone should have learned that throughout the pandemic. If you didn't take away anything else, you uh, should have taken away the importance of ownership. um, Because I know um, one thing I can say about my grandparents growing up, um, my grandparents, they owned uh, 15 acres of land. Mm -hmm. And um, back when I was in middle school, the city came through and made them an offer um, to purchase their property. And my my grandfather would not sell, sell the property because they owned the property, they owned the houses, they didn't have a mortgage, nothing. And they also had their businesses on that property. So um, for me at an early age, um, that is something that I admired. Mm-hmm. Because um, when my mom got married, they um, ended up giving her, I think, two and a half, three acres of land as her wedding gift for her to build a house on um, that property. And once again, it was the same thing. So if we can actually get in the mindset, because a lot of people... They, um, I don't want to say brag, but we feel like, oh, I just closed on a house. I own my house. No, you need to go buy the property, then build that house. Right. Then we can talk about ownership because you're still having to pay a mortgage. You're still going to have to go through the refinancing process. So it's not actual ownership. Right. You're no better than anyone else who pays rent because you're paying a mortgage. That's, mm-hmm. that's the way I see it. But that's a different way to look at it, because a lot of times when I see I see it all the time on Facebook online, people post pictures of like home ownership, which is which is a great thing. But you like that's just a from an entrepreneurship, like through the lens that you're looking at, you see it totally different from 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 the way they see it. Yeah, because I I think me and me and Kim we ran into a situation and we run into it a lot. A lot of people are looking into franchising. And um, you have franchising, and you also have leasing, and then you have ownership. Mm-hmm. The difference is, you know, you might be leasing um, a gas station, a convenience store, but your name is not attached to it. Right. Your name is not attached to that gas contract. So when you're saying, oh, I own, no, you don't. Giant Gas or whoever that oil contract is with or whoever the real owner is, they're still getting the bulk of that money. Yes. Mm-hmm. They're going to pay you what they want to pay you because you're just the part, the leasee. Right. So um, I think as soon as we get a fair understanding of what true ownership is, then together as a whole, we can then move yes. and we Absolutely. can grow. Absolutely. And something else, please speak on the... Um, like with the pandemic, like you said, it made a, a lot of people realize a lot of different things. But I think one of the most critical things besides uh, racism, because pe- clearly people seen like when everything shut down with the George Floyd situation, everybody seen how uh, it magnified the racism, the issue of racism in America. But also it was just the uh, multiple streams of income because a lot of people, they only had their one source, it was just their job. Mm-hmm. And then when that was taken away, a lot of people were in a situation where they couldn't pay their rent or mortgage or anything like that. Speak on like the importance for people watching this of like having those multiple streams of income. That's one of my biggies. Um, I, I tell people all the time, have more than one income coming in because as you stated in the pandemic, you know, people was unable to pay for their mortgage, unable to um, keep their cars and things. They was losing these things because they was looking at that one particular um, stream of income coming in. Um, it's very important to have two, a, a few things going at one time. Um, 
like I say, everybody not meant to be an entrepreneur. Um, some people will still continue to go to their jobs, and I applaud you, but also get you, as I would call it, a couple side hustles going on, um, which is different streams of income coming in. You got, you know, clothing, <laughs> um, hair, you got eyelash. You got a lot of different things that you can invest in. So that if one um, one door closes, you still have these other entities bringing in to help you to make it through um, the pandemic. Absolutely. What would you, uh, ladies, if you had to lay out like a blueprint, just your own personal blueprint, what would you say is like a blueprint for entrepreneurship? Well, we actually have an ebook that um, is basically <laughs> the blueprint to entrepreneurship because um, it takes you from start to finish yes. on what steps need to be um, taken in order for you to be um, become an entrepreneur. As far as doing your um, research, um, networking, marketing, starting that LLC, and um, then taking the next steps as if you wanted to franchise your business out and making sure your business is structured the right way. Because I think one of the main things I come across as far as being a business consultant is everybody want to say, go out and get an LLC. An LLC may not be what you need in order to um, properly structure that business idea Mm -hmm. uh, the correct way so um and like with me when i first started i was trying to do things on my own so i kind of came up against a couple um different um issues on that now um as i became um it's important to invest in yourself um that's when i reached out to a business consultant um um, and that's when I learned that I had to go back over the paperwork that I did to restructure my business the proper way. Um, and that's why it's important to try to reach out to others. If you don't know, don't try to figure it out. Cause I tell people, you know, if I know what I knew now, then I would be in a different position than I were because back then I was trying to figure it out on my own instead of me reaching out to someone to ask for help. Um, now I had to go back to redo those things when, you know, just, just ask someone for help and that's when we've created the evil to try to help people to understand. These would be my final two questions and then we'll get ready to wrap it up. If you had to do anything on your journey differently, what would those be? What would it be? Invest more in myself. Um, what would I do differently? Um... I probably um, would have outsourced more because um, Kim gets on me a lot. Um, my mentor gets on me a lot um, because I know how to do so much. It's hard for me to outsource things because I'm scared that it's not going to get done properly. So then I end up getting overwhelmed. So I would definitely um, outsource um, a lot of my responsibilities and my tasks. This is the Cross the Line Podcast Self-Investment Tour. So we've been asking everybody that's been on while we're on our tour, what does self-investment mean to each of you? If I wouldn't have taken the time to invest in myself, um, I wouldn't be where I am today. Um, So it's very important. Uh, Self-investment, I mean, if I consider myself a self-investment, self-made, because I literally, um, back in 2007, Opulence Firm was just a vision. 
if I wouldn't have took the chance with the indie artist and I literally had to pay for my flight. Um, our, the actual show was in Carolina. Um, mm-hmm. I had to fly out to Carolina. Uh, I had to pay for my flight because it was an indie artist. He was opening up for um, DMX and Ja Rule and a um, lot of other artists. If I wouldn't have invested in myself to go to his show in order to pass out flyers, pass out CDs, walk him through his interviews, um, that guy never would have found me because I never would have taken that photo backstage. And if that photo never would have been taken, I wouldn't be known as a celebrity publicist. And with me, you know, um, I believe in investing in yourself um, because you have your vision. Um, And some people are not going to always see your vision. Um, When I started to reach out to others, um, like I I look, I listen to different webinars. Um, I pour into myself, um, trying to learn different things in the business area. Um, So, Investing in yourself is very important. Um, if you don't know the answer, somebody may charge you for it. You want it, pay for it. Pay for it, yeah. yeah. You, you, have to, you have to invest in yourself eventually. Uh, some people say fake it till you make it, but understand this, you can only fake it for so long. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, self-investment is... Uh, I, got, I just had to uh, call it a self-investment tool because... Honestly, that's that's what this whole thing has been since I started. Um, when I when I didn't receive those opportunities, uh, like I said, I had to invest in myself and create my own opportunity. And uh, only thing I had at the very beginning was a, all I had was a laptop, and I would just go to different places and just sit down and just like interview different entrepreneurs. And luckily, I was I was able to what I learned from the radio station was in, to edit the audio, so I just knew that I took that experience and tied it in with the podcast. And I just took my laptop and I would just record wherever I went to. And then my partner tagged along and then we got the cameras. And then just recently, like the microphones and everything, um, I, t- I told myself, you know, we're going on tour. I want, I want to go ahead and make sure we have the best quality. So what I did was I invested myself. I talked to my big brother and he said, let's just hold off. I shared this story on, on another, one of the other episodes, but, um, I say I told my big brother because I talked to him a lot about a lot of the things I'm gonna do, and he was like, "Man, just wait. Let me uh, talk to my wife, and we're gonna try to find you some equipment." But I'm the type. Well, I don't like to ask for a lot of stuff, so if I have to do it myself, then I'm just gonna go do mm-hmm. it. So I went ahead. I got to. Uh, I went to Best Buy, and then I went to a guitar center to buy some um, equipment, about the microphones, about this mixer, and everything else. And when I told him about it, he's like, man, I, I told you to wait. You should have just waited on me. And I had to shoot a... Yeah, so so I ended up having to shoot a show we have in our community. You know, it's time we talk on a Tuesday. And he was texting me saying, we're going to go eat. All the fellas going to go eat on um, Wednesday. So I said, all right, I'm going to come with you. So we went to uh, Wild Wings. And uh, so we finished eating. Once the next day, I know one of my best friends, he went out to the car and he came back with this big box. And I tell people, this is how I know God is real. Uh-huh. I was like, man, I, I bought all these equipment for myself. I said, I'm self-investment to them, investing in myself. And the next thing you know, they came in with like a full equipment, like these microphones here. I have a bigger mixer that I don't even know how to use it. So I had to use, <laughs> I had to use the one that I have. But I have a big mixer um, that you can, that does everything. We had the microphones, the headsets, um, 
And it was just like, you know, I said, you know, God will just walk with you and hold, hold you. As long as you just believe in yourself and invest. So I just took that initiative. And like I said, a lot of times it's just like, how bad do you really want it? Like, if you really uh-huh. want it, you'll do it. So I'm just a type, like, I'm just, I'm going to just go out there, bet on myself and invest in it. And then when I did, it's like a lot of people now, like, man, I just believe in what you're doing. Just keep going. Like, they can tell yeah. you, man, keep on because going. Because you will have those that stand behind it, that see your vision and stand behind you and that work. I like to say God will place different peoples in your path to get you to your next level. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like you, you never know who's watching either. Because yeah. I have times when people inbox me that's not even from around. And they're like, oh, man, I, I like what you're doing, man. Keep going. You're inspiring. Yes. I'm like, I appreciate it. I get that a lot. Um, people say that I inspire. I'm still learning how to embrace um, that because sometimes I don't feel that I'm worthy of um, of it. So it's I'm still learning how right. to embrace it. I'm saying it. it's, it's, yeah. a, it's a learning curve every day. It's like you always you always have to be willing to learn. Like I tell yeah, everybody. So a lot of times I make a post, I might say things like, "When we're just getting started, like every, with everything that we're doing, because it's just a learning curve." And I tell you, I'm not perfect, but I just, you know, even when I mess up, like I did earlier with this part, like I just kept going, like I just mm-hmm. figured it out. But along your journey, you just have to keep on going, and you know, things will work out. But if you just wait until that right time, then yep. you just, it's never gonna be a right time to uh, invest in your uh, start and start your journey. Yeah, you got to take that leap of faith because yes. I, I, just like I told the story about how we met, if he wanted, went about doing things the way he did it, I never would have met her. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we the way we went about doing business, honestly, it was supposed to be, we did the contract and everything. Supposed to be the uh, franchise and that was it. We didn't, but God saw fit. Mm-hmm. And uh, his his vision was bigger than ours. So here we are today in seven seven businesses. Yeah, seven businesses um, through the pandemic, uh, we've been able to form together, and it's uh, it's been a blessing. Absolutely, and it's major. They see something both of you to put you ladies together. That that's just uh, amazing. Like I, I just I'm just amazed. I love to see what you ladies have accomplished so much. Oh, it was something. What this is what I wanted to ask you ladies because we had this conversation yesterday. <laughs> we were just talking about you know man. We always, for us, African men, we're like, man, how do we, like, you, you ladies purchase a gas station together, but we, we were talking about, man, how do you purchase one? Because, you know, for us working a regular nine to five, we're like, man, you got to have this amount of money. Like, it's going to take, we always think, man, it's going to take forever just to save this amount of money. That's what it's like. Entrepreneurship is no limit to what you can accomplish. Like, but when you work somewhere, it's like, if you just were living off of that salary, it's like you, you got a budget and everything, but it's like, it'll take forever. So for you ladies, like, talk to people. I had, we'll wrap it up after this, just like, in town they want to make these major purchases and business investments. Would you say go about it like as a group, take out a loan, or anything? Like, what are your advices like as far as like, somebody may want to make a major purchase like you ladies did? I mean, um, of course, I'm, I'm big on research. So, I mean, I've come across gas stations that were ground zero that you would have had to rehab that you could have got as low as fifteen thousand dollars. I've seen some that's a hundred thousand dollars, seen some that's forty thousand. So it just varies where you are on your path. Um for us, um by the grace of God, still to this day we can stand well sit here before you and actually say we've received zero funding. Um we didn't receive a PPP loan. 
we didn't receive anything uh it's been 100 hey what you got i got this i can bring this to the table i can do this and that's how we've been able to make things happen um if you qualify for grants uh grants are great uh if you don't qualify for grants we do have boss ladies on the move and we do assist with funding so uh if you are you don't have to be an african-american male female you can be any ethnicity uh you can give us a call you can find us on facebook and uh, we can assist you through that process and as far as structuring your business and getting you funded we appreciate you ladies um, it's been a joy a privilege uh, we've been enjoying our time down here in jacksonville <laughs> i've been telling people I, I, I love it man it's just like i love to see a community like this like it's just like our people you know coming together and we were saying you know we seen a uh it was like we saw a mechanic like we had a tire shop i was like our people we really have everything that we need to make it we just mm -hmm. invest in ourselves and invest in our community like we can do Everything any other race can. Yeah, so we definitely more. Yep. And I and I just been enjoying it down here. Um it was like it gave me vibes like a little bit of like Atlanta. The only thing the thing I like more about here than Atlanta is just the traffic. Yeah. Like the traffic yeah, in Atlanta yeah. is just it's I mean terrible. we have like if you go on Orange Park the wrong time you have traffic and if you get on the uh two nine to five around five, six o'clock you got traffic, but it's not consistent it's like crazy. Atlanta. It's yeah. just certain times. And a lot of people be scared to come to Jacksonville. Oh, you stay in Jacksonville? I'm like, it's not that bad. A lot yeah. of things that, the, you know, of course, the news is going to portray it to be one way, but it's just not that bad. Yeah, it was, uh, we it's were at the uh, airport, you know, getting our, getting our rental car once we landed at the airport. I think the, the, the lady was there was like, this Jacksonville, you know, this, you know, watch what you're going around right here. <laughs> this, like, this, this the murder capital of Florida right here. No. Like, you know that every everybody loves calling it. Yeah, you stay in your own lane. You don't have mind your own business. You ain't got nothing to worry about. You know you we we have all the areas where you might not want to go, but but it's everywhere. Yeah, that's everywhere. Yeah, you everywhere has that place where you might not want to go. You around and killing somebody. I'm like, listen, they have their own thing going on. You stay in your own lane. Don't swerve. You're fine. Yeah, you ain't got nothing to worry about. Cause I know. I grew up here, and even growing up in Jacksonville, my mom would always tell me, look, don't go to Mount Creve, don't go to Flag Street, don't go out east. So as soon I as I got, look, as, as soon as I got grown, where did I go? You Everywhere she told me not to go. <laughs> Jacksonville allow you to get lost in the city. Yeah. I'm from a little country, as they call us country folks. Which is Lake City, so you know everybody know everybody there. But here in Duval, it allow you to get lost in the city. Yeah. Nobody got time to focus on Kim, you right. know, uh, and what she got going on. So mm -hmm. I, I love that about her. Yeah, I, I love it down here. It's just I love like it. The experience, like that we've had since we got here, everything. There's a lot of places here that we don't even have back home. So really? Like, yeah. So I, I'm just like, man, it's it's just been fun. But I know for you, it's like, man, this is like you since you're here. It's like, yeah. You know. For for me, I'm born and raised here, so it's like, ah, uh, it's boring. So y'all, y'all from New York? We're from South Carolina. South Carolina. Yeah, we're from uh, South Carolina. I'm what from part? I'm from Jonesville, South Carolina. He's from Spartanburg. So we're about like 30 minutes apart, but we work together. So. Okay. So that's that's how we ended up partnering up and traveling everywhere together. But yeah, from if anybody comes to South Carolina, I'm just like, man, it just it is what it is. To me. <laughs> well, 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 where I'm from, we don't have much there anywhere. Anyway, we have like three lights in our own town. 
Oh, well, man. Everybody right. in that city. Yep. We got one by the high everybody school. Everybody It's high school, fast field, and then by the mini marts. So I remember exactly what those lights are. Wow. <laughs> Literally three lights. Yeah, we man. Had three lights. And you just I would go crazy. Them. Yeah. I but, think um, when we were on tour, like, that was one of the things that drove me crazy. We would be, like, in um, small parts of Georgia and small parts of Carolina. And, you know, I'm from here. I'm used to like being able to go out exploring like y'all got like what a Walmart at? Oh, we don't have a Walmart. What? Where y'all go? We got a piglet wiggler. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> so uh that was that was like one of my major adjustments when um I used to travel a lot. Yeah, we don't have we don't have piglet wiggly no more. That's that's one of the things. All right, so like, but y'all had one. We had one now. Yeah, y'all we y'all in the country. <laughs> We had one. We had one back in the day. I actually saw a, uh, a Win Dixie here too when we uh we went and uh we get something to eat when we went, came back from the airport. But y'all don't have a Win Dixie? No, we don't have Win Dixie anymore. Really? It's, it's been years ago. Yeah, we we still have Win Dixie. We yeah, no longer have Food Lion. Win Dixie. Yeah, well, yeah. I can't remember. Now my daughter's mom, where her, where she stayed at in in the low country in South Carolina, they had a uh they had a piggly wiggly. Um, they still have a piggly wiggly, but we don't. We that's that's been long, long ago. But it's it's been fun though. I, I enjoy it. But you know, I think after we wrap up, we have one more interview later on today. We probably gonna this will be our last day here, but we're gonna try to go enjoy the city some more. Um, okay. Tomorrow, your last day, and explore the city tonight. <laughs> yeah, it's, we got a, a early oh. flight. Yeah, it's just how our package came in together, so we gotta take out early in the morning. So I gotta get back on the plane again and <laughs> and and see how that feels again. Man, I was like, man, I'm gonna try to. You won't come. You fear you got on the plane. Yeah. yeah, that was that was the hard part. You don't got past the hard part. You got yeah. on there. Like I, I was telling him, man, I kept tapping like, man, this. When we up high, I'm like, man, why is the plane shaking? Like that? Like, I, don't, I don't like this. I'm thinking, man, something is shaking. We we about to go down. How much plane did y'all get off? Where? Where? Oh, American. 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 Oh, American. American. Yeah. American ain't bad. Yeah, I thought you was about bad. to say spirit. Spirit. Well, uh, um, yeah, they always say stay away. Dude. Yeah, you would have felt like you was on a rocket yeah. or something. Yeah. I just remember the line Drake had in uh. Rick Ross song, uh, Go Rosie said, I'm all for spiritual lifting, but I don't fly spirit. Don't. <laughs> everybody said, don't, don't mess with spirit. You, you, you really gonna, <laughs> you ain't gonna never want to get back on the plane again if that's your first time. Yeah, I'm glad you that know? was my first experience. Yes, man. American Airlines is pretty good. I like them. They're pretty good. But yeah, yeah, it wasn't too bad. Um, I was like, I enjoyed it. Then I, I read some, you know, I have, um, they read some of my book on pages in my daily affirmation, after message, said for So they kind of helped me, like, Relax a, Relax a little bit too, but it's, it's been fun. But let's get ready to wrap it up. I enjoyed you, ladies. Before we get out of here, can you tell everybody how to find you on social media or any advice that you want to give people watching? Social media: Jasmine Lashawn on Facebook or the Opulence Firm on Facebook. Um, Boss Ladies on the Move on Facebook and on IG Opulence Firm. And for me, it's Kimberly Clarity Walker on Facebook. Also. Um, Serenity Living um, Adult Care on Facebook and the website, also Housing at Walker's um, website and uh, Instagram is Kim, Kim Walker too, ladies. Right, well, thank you, ladies, again. We appreciate you for taking the time to sit with us here. Um, like I said, this 
Cross the Line Podcast Self-Investment Tour here in Jacksonville, Florida. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Until next time, keep chasing dreams. Thank you for listening.